morning and welcome to the Morning Coffee podcast show. And uh, it's a new day, it's a new month. It's the beginning of the new year in the old Roman calendar. It's um, Yesterday was very spring-like. Now it's minus two, but it's sunny and it's frost on the rooftops. And it's going to be plus 10 a bit later. So this is going to be uh, the second full spring day up here in the Lake District. And um, hope you're having a great morning and a good cup of coffee. And uh, we have some great conversations this weekend about the, the Viking uh, words in the English language and also more about the Viking history in general. And we also did some reading and uh, had some discussions about some of this, like this time period around, let's say, 800 to 1100 is very interesting, both for, it connects so many things at once with with both like the Scandinavian Vikings, Britain, also in France, and also with Italy. And also then the Eastern uh, yeah, Eastern Roman Empire, the Byzantium Empire. So there are lots of things, uh, kind of dynamics happening in that time period. So we just wanted to talk about two topics today. So one is about what happened with um, um, those steps leading towards the schism of the, the Eastern and Western traditions for the church. Uh, and also talk about something that is uh, might be super helpful to uh, to understand about the dream that Dante has in the Purgatory book, uh, the last dream he has on the third night, and it also ties into the, the larger topic here. So the first one, with the monasticism. So uh, we're reading up on this era, and then it's interesting. So this is the book from John Strickland again, The Age of Division. And he talks about in the beginning that the greatest problem facing the Western Christendom at the millennium was not the demoralisa- demoralization sorry, of, and political captivity of the papacy. It was the disintegration of monasticism. The Vikings had plundered the wealth of the monasteries. And then the argument goes here that because the monasteries were plundered and went bankrupt, it was taken over by the local rich people, the feudal rulers, and then they emptied, they used this just for like a, um, it emptied the whole spiritual part of the, the, the monasteries and the monastic system. And then that eventually led to kind of a hollowing out of that part, which is in many ways still today a big difference between the Eastern tradition and the Western tradition. So it's just interesting to see the roots of this early on, in this case, like around the 900s. And also as it connects the Vikings into it. Um, so the argument then goes that this is is laying the groundwork for um, using the, the church in the Western tradition more as a political tool and then also as the papacy was already so corrupt. So um, we are looking further into this and we'll see. Um, we have to, to check with other things because it also led to an, a revival of the monasticism, uh, and especially then the 1100s is seen as a golden age for the monastic tradition, which then is right before Dante's time. So this might explain why there is a large part of the comedy is influenced, or it kind of takes in the element of mysticism in it, but it's very subtle, but it comes towards the end, especially the last canto, the hundredth canto, is opens up with a prayer from Saint Bernard of Clairvaux, 
who gives this huge prayer to Virgin Mary that the pilgrim can have the final vision and experience the theosis, the unity with the divine. So uh, we're going to read um, from a bit earlier in the purgatory, which is opening this topic. So this is, uh, so. by the way, the, the Purgatory podcast keeps publishing now every week. So today, the episode number 12 is coming. So it's just like Dante's Comedy, if you check on iTunes or Spotify. Um, if you go on our Patreon, you will be one episode ahead. <laughs> so then you will get episode 13 today, which is the sixth terrace. On the public one, it's the fifth terrace. So if you go on patreon.com slash ancientworld, so patreon.com slash ancientworld, then... You can join us and then you can also get other things that are kind of extras when some uh, Sunday podcasts and uh, more background info on, on things we are making. So um, the connection here to Dante and the third dream, which happens on the seventh terrace, is a little bit ahead. But for those who have listened to earlier series on Purgatory, you, you know how this is kind of the... The third night, the final night, and it's just before they enter the Garden of Eden. But it's easier to understand this if, if there is a bit of background knowledge about monasticism and mysticism and the contemplatives. Because what is called mystics today was called contemplatives more in the medieval times. So Dante is explaining here that uh, I dreamed I saw a young and lovely girl walking within the meadow, picking flowers. And as she moved along, she sang these words. If anyone should want to know my name, I am called Leah. And I spend all my time weaving garlands of flowers with my fair hands to please me when I stand before my mirror. My sister Rachel sits all the day long before her own and never moves away. She loves to contemplate her lovely eyes. I love to use my hands to adorn myself. Her joy is in reflection, mine in act. And that is the whole dream. And the symbolism of this dream is that we have now reached a final step, ledge, terrace of the mountain. And we are about to get this crowning moment with Virgil when he says that as reason I have now taught you everything I can do and now you have the foundation to, to discern and to follow your instincts and your intuitions more. But this dream about the active and contemplative life is very important because it, um, <laughs> it's uh, many things happening at once but this is the point where the story moves into the more uh, spiritual or the more mystical uh, realm, in a sense. And then Virgil is then fading out. He's giving the speech right after the dream, and then he doesn't say anything more after that. So Reason has done his job, and now it opens up for, for the more mysterious. And this dream just shows this uh, transition with the two sisters that are the two first wives of Jacob in the old biblical stories. Uh, and also then... Uh, very like an established like the symbols of the active and the contemplative life uh, in the medieval and the ancient world. So this is how Dante is creating the transition from Leah over to Rachel, who is sitting and looking at her own reflection, meaning she is 
contemplating or she's reflecting on the reflection she sees, which is also the Aristotelian definition and concept of the divine in itself. That contemplation is, is a high level of reasoning, but if you start to think about the nature of your own contemplation, that's when you're connecting it to something beyond in Aristot the Aristotelian philosophy, which he writes about in the Metaphysics. So, um, <laughs> lots of big topics here on a Monday morning, but uh, uh, it all comes together here. And then you see here how, if you know a little bit more about the medieval times and like the period from 800 to 1100, which is in one sense is the Viking Age and they're kind of raiding and <laughs> and uh, and uh, looting across the continent. But at the other hand, you also see kind of these these developments in the monastic tradition and how this also is expressed in a work like Dante's Comedy, which was written in the early 1300s, between 1308 and 1321. Okay, so that's all for this one. And um, hope you're still having a great morning. Hope you're having great coffee. And I hope the weather is nice where you are. <laughs> and um, as always, just thank you so much for listening and see you again in the next episode.